0: Pick up your copy of the Resegregation Volume 1, The Power Matrix, today and be a part of the reshaping future. Now, let's dive into the episode and explore the possibilities that await us.
1: Yeah, no, I just want to share I'm doing a three-part training, There's No Charge, starting next week. Um, we're doing a live training on Wednesday, one on Friday, and then one on the following Monday. It's called the Be, Do, Have series, Transform Your Life from the Inside Out. Um, it's me training live. Um, it's, the domain is Jim Fortin, my name, jimfortin.com. Well, actually, no, you put the link you have. I don't want to tell him what it is. You put your link, okay? So, okay. Anthony will have a link um, for that training. He has a special link that has his name on it. So, he will have, or it's assigned to him. He so will have a link that he will put to that training the training is no charge and i'm going to dig um, actually i'm going to keep it more foundational more scientific and i'm going to dig into one episode's going to be on your identity we're going to dig even deeper much deeper than today one's going to be on uh, brain-based habits the second episode and the third one is going to be have. it's called have and what characteristics must you have psychologically to create the life that you want um, Again, there's no charge.
2: We are the Marie Group. I'm Grace. I'm Deanna. And we are here to tell you about the greatness of the Secret to Success podcast with Antonio T. Smith, Jr.
3: It is an amazing podcast where Antonio interviews
2: famous millionaires from around the world. He also interviews famous billionaires as well, and it's very informative, very engaging. He always keeps you entertaining on the edge of your seat. He talks about anything from CBD to quantum physics to the law of attraction. That's me. And so you want to make sure that you tune in and listen to this podcast with Antonio T. Smith Jr. Tell them how they can check it out. You can go to any of your favorite web
3: browsers, type in Secret to Success and Antonio T. Smith Jr., and it will come up for your listening pleasure.
4: Check it out secrets of success by me (laughs) ladies and gentlemen i am back we know the d marie group had a fantastic time interviewing who is someone becoming a good friend of mine his name is jim i'll get to him in a second that podcast is now up so you should go back to i think it's season five episode 14 it's up right now go listen to it because you want to have credence about what we're about to talk about and go backwards so you can fall in love with my main man. I do have a guest. Man, I want you to introduce yourself again to this beautiful audience we have here. Hey there, everybody. i uh, glad to be here again. So did you say you want me to introduce myself, or are you going to? Yeah, 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 because you already did such a fantastic job last time, so I'll just let you go ahead and freestyle a little bit. All right, you caught me on a Track there for a second. When you <laughs> said that, so sorry, guys.
1: I stumbled there. My name is Jim and I am a subconscious transformation coach. I have done this for a lot of years. I've worked all the way from Main Street to uh, to Wall Street. I've worked with celebrities, Olympic athletes, royalty. I've done this all over the world for a lot of years. I help people transform their life from the inside out. My background is that I'm a master hypnotist. Not only that, is I am also a master practitioner of neuro linguistic programming. So, what I do is I we brain science and deep psychology, transformational psychology together to help people create long term, core level, lasting change. So,
4: that's the short version of it. Basically, I'm here to help you start <laughs> transforming your life today. Fantastic. That's why I had him do it himself, ladies and gentlemen. This guy's a rock star. Jim, before we get into all the great stuff, man, you absolutely slaughtered last episode with my team. It was, you really did, man. It was fantastic. Could you give us your own thoughts about what you talked about and some key elements that you would like people to go back and listen to again? Ladies and gentlemen, I want you to go listen to it, but then I also want you to listen to this one. Hear what he's saying, then go back and listen to it again so your subconscious can catch more from what he's getting ready to tell you right now. So what frame of reference, what lens would you like them to go back and listen to the last episode in? Yeah, and this is what well, this is what gets me in trouble a lot of times in a good way, is that
1: I, I break a lot of the conventional models um, out of the marketplace right now. So if you want me to go there, I'll just go there. But I'll, I'll tell people. Oh yeah, you.
4: man. Yeah. Okay. Good. All right.
1: Well, let's go here. So the premise of what we talked about last time and what I talk about is three things. There, I've got three pillars under my foundation. One is subconscious reprogramming, which you know about. The second is brain-based habits, and the third is that I bring a fair amount of ancient wisdom and then merge it with science. Now, that being said, when it comes to the subconscious reprogramming, people don't fully understand is that we have to only put it this way. Whatever our identity is at an unconscious level is what we get in life. Now, here's where it becomes a little non-conventional and a little counter to what a lot of of what's out there is that a lot of people teach things like you got to work until your eyeballs bleed, and you have to hustle and you have to grind and all this kind of stuff. Well, you can do all of that, but yet hard work doesn't make people rich or the graveyards wouldn't be full of people that are poor and they work their entire life. It all comes down to our subconscious identity and we can only create in life what our identity is. And if our identity is poor or overweight or whatever it might be in life, whatever our identity is, is what we're going to create. Now, here's the, the final, me putting that together for people, is you can work all day long, you can struggle all, all day long, you can lead, generate, you can process, you can write copy, you can knock on doors, you can do whatever you do to build your business all day long. But if, if your unconscious identity is not consistent with the outcome you want to create, that you think you want to create, which is left-brain analytical, it will not happen. We first must be in the identity what we want to create in our external world. So that was the gist of, the,
4: of our time together. <laughs> Man, that was fantastic. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, in a little bit, Jim is going to offer us a free product. And when he offers this free product, I mean, it's totally free, but I really want you all to go back there and go get that because it makes no sense to have tools that the universe is putting in your lap. And not using them. You do not want to repeat your cycle because you have not consciously caught what is happening to you in your life, which is a lunch board or a lunching pad, I should say, Jim. So, the next question I want to ask you How important is it for some to, someone to recognize they keep repeating cycles?
1: I'm sorry, kind of a little. Important for them to recognize what about cycles?
4: that That they keep repeating cycles. Oh,
1: yeah. Let me let me put it this way. Most people go emotional there, and that I I think we all know. Let me think through this for a second. We we all know that we repeat cycles, but it's a matter of the quality of the cycle. So, yeah. for example, and I mean this humbly. I mean that's I not mean it humbly. I mean I repeat a yearly cycle of making millions of dollars per year.
4: Uh, um, yep.
1: uh, yeah, in America, the average American, according to the Wall Street Journal, lives paycheck to paycheck, 79% of paycheck to paycheck. Most people repeat cycles of health, wellness, livelihood at mediocre or less levels. So a cycle is also a pattern. And anytime we keep repeating a pattern, that is a reflection of unconscious identity. So let me give you three examples here uh, related to money. And the reason we'll use money is because so many people struggle with money and struggle with weight. We can use that as well. Absolutely. But but, let's go with money here for a second, is that I continue to repeat the pattern of multiple seven figures per year. Now, I do want to add, somebody could say, well, why don't you repeat the pattern of nine figures per year? Well, it's also a matter of where I want to go with my business and what I want to do and the experience of life that I want right now it works very well for me a multiple 7 figures per year that may change okay so that's one pattern another pattern would be people actually they make money and money money comes in and money goes right back out many people live in a pattern of struggle they make they live by the just enough mentality so the money comes in it's just enough the money goes out one month money comes in just enough goes out the next month as another pattern and then the the bottom rung of the financial pattern is I just never have any money I never have any money and I want to point out that I grew up working class and poor where we never had any money so a pattern that I learned for a lot of years is a paradigm that I learned is I have to work hard I have to struggle I have to bust my rear end I have to work until my eyeballs bleed to make money I have to work for money this day and age I get paid multiple thousands of dollars per hour even to hop on the phone with anybody and that's not work for me it's very easy so most of us see the patterns as the as the sick and tired pattern. I'm sick and tired of working and working and working and working. But I want to share with anybody, any time that you actually keep having the same thing show up in your life, you're living in a pattern. And that pattern is a reflection of your unconscious identity. That makes sense, right,
4: Antonio? Yeah, that makes plenty of sense, man. That was fantastic. Thank you. I'm not. I got like eight places to go from there. Yeah, 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 wherever existed. you wanna go. You yeah. Okay, sweet, sweet. Let's. I would. No, I normally would never ask someone this difficult question, but you can clearly handle it, so I'm gonna ask it to you. Sure. Sure. How important is as far as changing the cycles, right? That repetitious negative cycle you were just talking about, to tell in. How okay. important. Important is it that we change the story we tell ourselves when it comes to getting out this repetition cycle okay so trust me on this
1: and I'm gonna I'm gonna tell I'm gonna demonstrate something here how important do you think it is and I'm going to come back and answer
4: oh man I, I think it's everything as a matter of fact I would say it is the beginning of it all because the story I tell myself is shaping my reality it is my perception okay so let's
1: okay I did this for the audience so it's interesting that I asked you how you asked me how important important it is to change a story and I asked you how important you thought it was and notice what you did you told me a story about how important you think it is to change your stories Wow so let me answer uh, and, and add there and build on what you said stories are everything stories wow. are everything now on my podcast yeah. yeah let me yeah let me share here so people get this um, on my podcast I've been doing a series recently on Mondays and it's transformational stories. Um, yeah, yes it's transformational stories uh, people that I, I've coached have been in my programs, and every one of them I've asked them what is the major shift in your life one of them one of them Of them as an Olympic athlete Um, and they all three said or four had said that I've interviewed so far that their life changed when they changed their story so let me give you a story about uh, share a story about like my stories many years ago I like now I have a home in Sedona Arizona and I have a home in Dallas and I go back and forth uh Sedona is a resort area it's very pretty it's in northern Arizona it's not desert like a lot of people think Arizona is very very pretty Um, Mm -hmm. But prior to that, I wanted to live in Boulder, Colorado, and there's a piece of real estate that I wanted to buy, and I was talking to my coach about it. It was seven figures, and I wanted to buy it with no mortgage. And my coach said, well, can you buy it with no mortgage yet? This is about six years ago, and I said, no, I'd have to take a mortgage right now. It's a a multi-million dollar piece of property. And he started laughing, and he said, change your story. I'm like, what? Explain that. Mm. And he goes, The only reason you're not paying cash for it right right now is because that's not your story. So what I want to point out is that our stories do come from our identity because our identity actually filters into our beliefs. So let's say for example that I grew up and I I think as a poor person. Um, when I say poor I just mean no financial resources. So I let's say that which I did, let's say that I grew up and I believe that money's hard to come by, and then I believe that Every story that I tell is going to be, oh my gosh, money is so hard to come by. I can't make money. Money, I got to work for money. I got to grind for money. I have to work 70 hours a week for money. And then that story controls my entire life. So the identity creates the story, and then the story reinforces the identity. And so then what happens is we live in this self fulfilling prophecy cycle, and then we're on the hamster wheel and we do not know it. Now, I know you know this, but this makes sense for the listeners, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's, yeah, well you know what? Here's something I used to struggle with then, uh some transparency. I used to always think money was always running out. Now that's not the way mm-hmm. I said it to myself, right? The yeah. way I said it to myself didn't have words. I was afraid to check my account balance. I was every time I go to ATM I wouldn't print the receipt because I didn't want to see my balance. See, I never really <laughs> said it in words, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. But the story I was vibrating to myself was, hey man, money's always running out once I get it. So what would you tell old me that is totally not conscious of knowing that I'm I keep telling myself money's always running out? Yeah.
1: Guess what? We told the same story many years ago. I used to do <laughs> the same thing. I would check my account balance, even though I had money in it. And, and let me share something. We'll come back to your question. Then, years ago, I've made six figures for a lot of years. I mean, I've, I've done well. That's just never been a problem after I got through this in my 30s, in my early 30s. So I've been through an evolution of checking your, checking your online banking and also checking your receipt when you use the ATM. And let me just share here with people listening is I also went through the same thing. I'd get money on the ATM, but I'd never look at the receipt because I didn't want to see how little money I had in the bank. And I figured somehow if I didn't look, then that didn't make it true, which we know that's not true. (laughs) So I went through years of being afraid to ask, ask for what I'm worth, charging what I'm worth, all that kind of stuff. But that was all my money issues. Then when I started years ago, started working at a national level, even then when I started charging more money, which is nothing compared to what I charge now, even then I wouldn't bill people on time. I'm going the opposite direction. I wouldn't bill on time and stuff like that because I was a bit afraid of it because it had to do with money. So even as I was transitioning into having money, I was still actually not having what I would call a really healthy relationship with money. So what I would tell people is we create our lives from the inside out, we start shifting. And I would say the first thing would be analytical uh, because people will say, they'll say all kind of stories to fight what I'm sharing with them because people love to hold on to to their limitations. I would say the first place we want to go is we want to start shifting our thoughts and our, our ideas about where money comes from because it does not come from hard work because you see people working their entire life, working hard, and they have no money. Money comes from our mind and from our consciousness. This is why rich people keep getting richer and poor people keep getting poorer. It's not the external economy. It's what's in, the, what's in the mind. And then one more comment is we can go from broke to rich and we can go from rich to broke. But to prove the first one, John Paul Vigori, who started who started Paul Mitchell, like hair salons. The guy was homeless at one point and he's like a billionaire now. It comes from the inside, but we don't think that way as, as a culture.
4: Yeah, yeah, all facts, man. That, that, that's completely facts. And I'm gonna tell you what woke me up. I was, I was with Tony Robbins' people just, just by happenstance. I mean, I don't even have a real relationship with Tony Robbins, or I mean, I just do some of the stuff you do, and right, we kind of cross paths. And I'm yeah. talking to this Perfect. one guy. Yeah, exactly. And I'm talking to this one guy, and he, by just universal divineness made me realize. That I have so many inappropriate thoughts about money because I couldn't get out of six figures. I just couldn't, it, for the mm-hmm. life of me, I couldn't get out of six figures. I'm the same thing you said. And then it made me realize I had five layers of money issues that I didn't even know was there. And I'm going to throw them to you and please give your comments on these money issue layers. Number one was my parents and what they taught me about money, right? that was terrible. That's, that's just, you know, with respect to all parents, we do the best we can with what we have. Got it. Yeah. They taught yep. me, yeah, they taught me terribly. Yep. Number two was what my community taught me about money because I grew up in a hood and then I grew up homeless. Number mm. three was what my culture, my blackness taught me about money. Then number four was what my country taught me black people belong in mm. money and wow. number five was what my church taught me about where I belong in money. So I would love – I had to break all five of these layers just to get to a million. I would love to hear your your professional thoughts on that because, man, this is a fantastic conversation. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. I've
1: been there. Uh, so I grew up uh, small town, Texas, farm boy, working class. Um, my podcast this week actually is on working. i and we're told. I mean, we're told to go work and work and work. And I would get up at five o'clock in the morning and I'd go feed the cattle. Um, we're completely different socio, um, not socioeconomic. Well, no, we are the same socioeconomic, uh, different ethnicity, but everything's the same to me. I mean, we're the same yeah. background to some degree. But let me. I wasn't homeless. But let me keep going here. I was taught to work really hard. My dad was an auto body repairman. I think they call him collision repair specialist these days. Um, he made probably today, which would be about $50,000 to support a family of five. We were very much working class. So I grew up learning that, and I and I grew up in the poorest county in the nation. So we were actually working class, and we were rich compared to all of my friends who were all in public assistance. But back as a kid, I didn't know, I I, I didn't recognize that we were poor, and they were poor. We just know I didn't know whenever I had any money.
4: <laughs> yeah. So
1: I grew up. Uh, in a world where money was hard to come by and only rich people had money, which we were not. So let me go through these very quickly, but I want to give you a bigger frame here. One of my – a lady many years ago brought me into her company here in Dallas. She was a Dallas business icon. She's about 80 now, but she, she's one of the most influential business people in Dallas. She owned the second largest private real estate company in Texas. Um, very, very well-known lady. I mean, she's friends with H. Ross Perot. And the reason I mention that, that's the level she plays at. And we became extremely good friends. Um, I mean, really, really personal friends, talking every day, all this. And she's much older. She's 80 now. And one day she said to me, and this was 10 years ago, because I was in the six figures, and I'm going to be transparent. I wasn't trying that hard because I was kind of like treating my business like a hobby. I was enjoying making Mm. six figures, but Mm. I wasn't really after it. And we were in her car one day, and she said to me, she said, Jim, the first, million is the hardest to make. After that, it's easy. And that is the exact experience that I found. And the reason why, and we'll come back to the things you gave me, the reason why is we have an identity. We have that internal barometer of a million dollars. Oh my gosh, that is like way, way, way up there. Now, if I made a million dollars a year, it'd be like geez, what a bad year that I had. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, right. You get that. I yeah. mean, this was horrible yeah. year. Oh my gosh. But the thing is, this is nothing shifted in the world because inflation is inflation, and money is money, and homes are homes. I mean, the home a home that I'm living in now costs the same thing when it was built 35 years ago, but it's not the same dollar amount. But it is when you adjust for inflation and cost of living and everything else, pretty much to some degree, not not 100 percent but things just cost what they cost but it's inflation that changes the external value of it so we live in the same world that i lived in when i was making six figures a year and now i'm making multiple seven figures for the most part what shifted yeah. is my internal identity and when that shifted to being a multi-millionaire everything else changed so yeah. we get i know you get that but that makes sense before i
4: go back to your question right Oh, yeah, absolutely it does. And, and it just feels good to hear it all over again, man. I mean, take your time. You, you, you got the floor. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So,
1: our parents, we learned before, which you know this, um, people, a lot of people don't know this, is that the analytical mind does not develop until about the age of eight years old, which is left hand, left side of the brain. Literally, that faculty is not really, air well, quote, working in the brain. So, we're really non analytical until about eight. So, whatever we learn until about the age of eight years old as children, we become that. So if we're, we are taught poverty, we become that. If we grow up in wow. poverty, we learn that is the way. If we see our father beating our, our, abusing our mother, we learn that. If we see our mother abusing our father, we learn that. Literally, there was a psychologist, and even Plato said it to some degree, is give me a child until the age of eight, and I will own him for a lifetime. So wow. our parents teach us this. So this is why – I used to live in New York City, though I'm a native Texan, and I'm back in Texas and Arizona right now. But this is why, for example, in um, – when well, I mentioned New York City, uh, they have a heavy con- uh, concentration of Orthodox Jewish there. And I believe the Orthodox Jewish, I believe it's uh, – they wear – the men wear just like black coats and white shirts, and they're very plain for a reason. The reason I mention this only as an example is I've never seen one of these boys at seven years old who is Orthodox Jewish say, you know, hey, Dad, I've thought about this Jewish stuff. Ah, it doesn't work for me. I'm going to be Catholic. It doesn't happen. <laughs> this is why generally, not always, but if our parents are Jewish, we're Jewish. If our parents are Christian, yep. we're Christian. Yep. If our parents are Republicans, we're Republicans. If yep. our parents are poor and struggling, we're poor and struggling. Telling a very personal story, uh, my my brother that I grew up with, we don't talk anymore uh, because he's 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 not a healthy individual. Um, yeah. Meaning he's on his fourth DUI and uh, he's been in jail for for just the various things. Not, yeah. not me and my brother the same way. Really, yeah, we just don't connect. And last night, i all, all nights I went to look for him last time on Facebook, and he's still there and he's still drinking and all this kind of stuff. And that's great. I mean, I, I wish him a long healthy life as long as he doesn't hurt anyone water himself. And I looked at some pictures of him and I'm like, you know, we grew up in the same household. Here he is living in a mobile home that's all beaten up and worn down, beer cans, literally like you'd see on TV, beer cans all over the place. He had pictures of it on Facebook, but yet I'm living in multi million dollar homes. What's the difference? I had the same mom yeah. and dad, but you know what? I broke out of that cycle. He stayed in the cycle. I broke out of the cycle. And I want to make clear, Antonio, I am not judging him. This is his karma, his path, his life. I wish him well. I just want to say oh, that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not oh, saying, yeah. oh, he's bad. I'm not saying that. But, you know, we made different choices about the experiences of life we wanted. And most of us, back to your parents, the first one, we don't make choices about the experience of life that we want. And then what we do is we repeat, because our parents did the best job they could. We repeat whatever limitations they taught us, we repeat them over and over for a lifetime. So that's your first one. Anything you want
4: to add there? No. What What I want to say is, you are right. We are alike. We really are. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I'm not. I'm estranged from my brother because he he has a toxic lifestyle, and I don't. I don't judge him for it, but I do not want to connect with it. You know. No matter. No matter. No matter how much someone wants me to, I I I don't want to connect with it. But I do want to remain connected to him as much as I can in the most healthy, positive way that I can, right? So I just wanted to yeah. reiterate that for the audience that this is some high level of awareness stuff we talk about. But no, man, I think you actually named our episode. And never in my life have I ever heard someone say, I actually wrote it down. Let me read it. You said, whatever we learn before we are ain't, we become. I think that's the name of the episode. I've never heard that yeah. before in my life. Yeah, but if I really? had anything, it was, no, never. Makes sense. I completely get it, but I've never heard it so eloquently put that way. That's, that can wake up a crackhead, right, if they just hear it that way. Man, that was that was yeah. deep enough to drown in and shallow enough to walk through at the same time. That was beautiful, man. Beautiful. I, I, I appreciate that. And as I listened to you with that, you
1: know, I, I sit back a lot. I'm a, I'm a people watcher. I just sit back and I watch. And it can be in the airport. It can be different places. And I watch people. And, and this is what I tell people. I, I have to go here. I have to. Uh, sure, man. Z- z- Zero politics. Zero. I mean zero. But I want to demonstrate something. Mm-hmm. So when you look at the, the current American president, this, there's no politics here, it's not Republican, uh, that's not where I'm going, but um, there's no question that he has very thin skin, meaning when he's attacked, he's like a viper, he just bites right back, he strikes right back. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, there's a fair amount of research that indicates he, he, he demonstrates many traits of what's called NPD, Narcissistic Personality Disorder. Now, people learn this through um, extreme low, low, low self-worth, they become an NPD. Yeah. So when I look at people like this, because with this particular person, everything is like the biggest and the best and the grandest and the greatest and the, the most, most amazing, All there's yeah. always all these superlatives in conversation or listening to this person. And my thought is this, is that I wonder what his mother and father did to him when he was a mm. child. That made mm. this person that insecure as a human being. At wow. this day and age, if you notice, everything, everything, this person must be the center of the universe with everything yeah. they do. And we can look at it as an adult behavior, but this person is a bully. We look at it as adult, but where I look mm-hmm. at is it, where did this adult who acts like a, you know, a playground bully? This person is just literally working out of their unconscious. It's defense mechanism. This person learned it as a small kid. But just like all of us, we all learn from our parents how to be in the world. Because you talked about community, which reinforces parents. Yep. You, you talked about uh, country. About Culture. Yeah. Yep. How, how my
4: black people taught me and then how the country taught me where black people belong.
1: You know, let me ask you that. This is really, yeah. really, really cool. I've never asked this before. I I'm, man, Go wife, ahead, man. But I'm really curious. I really am. Um, because i really see people think and I don't know if we should go here But people think racial inequality does not exist white people some people think that I'm like are you crazy? Are you <laughs> not? <nuts? laughs> Would you open your eyes and look in the world and see what's happening? But I want to take us yeah. back to the subject of the interview um, yeah, we, we as human beings we tend to to rally our wagons like an in old um, Indian cowboy Indian time we, we rally our, our wagons around community culture ideas And a few years ago, I asked somebody on Facebook that I'm connected with, she's black, and I said, are black young men taught differently than white young men, do you think? And she said to me, and literally I almost wanted to cry when she said it, and I don't know, this is just her, but she said, black men in my family have been taught to be weary of the police. Is that true in the culture?
4: You know what, not only is that true, I went live on Facebook. So I homeschooled my boys. They're 10 Mm -hmm. and they're 7. And I'm my, my my wife black obviously and we're well, not obviously but black normally sure. and they're three and they're five and we're driving and I watched the three five year old tell the three year old to duck down in the car seat like, where in the hell did they get that from? Because wow. I know I didn't teach them, right? I know I didn't yeah. teach them. And, and me and my, we're not, it's it's, it's kind of different now. Me, me and I moved on, but we're very good friends. But we went in the same place in awareness, and I'm trying to figure out, so I asked her, who's teaching them that? Just in a regular conversation. Sure. She sure. couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. They can't tell us. So it had to be culture. It had to be community. Somehow we have taught them to be a genius at five and three to duck mm-hmm. from police. Right? And so, yeah, it's absolutely <sighs> facts. Absolutely. My five-year-old waved at the three-year-old and pushed him down in the car seat, and together they geniusly avoided the white police. That is I, I think, think. this,
1: is, yeah, this is the most powerful conversation I've had on the topic I didn't plan to go to. But people seeing that we learn in the very early age, and your da- your role yeah. as a father is, is to, to show them that it's not because what for the most part what we hold as our identity is true for us. So I think yeah. it would be it serves you well as a father, as you know, to actually help them evolve to a place where they're not living from that identity even into teenagers or adults anymore. Yeah, but that yep. I've never I've never had an interview done one, done on one where we've gone into an example, that poignant, of how culture teaches yeah. us. But let me let me give you an example to tie that just is powerful. Is I tell people and this makes the people mad and that's okay. There we go. It's not even controversial. No, okay. But, this, this
4: podcast does that a lot. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. But, <laughs>
1: Going up in a small Texas town, we were marched out um, every morning before school, we were marched out to say the Pledge of Allegiance from the time I was in kindergarten until yeah. 12th grade. And I tell people now, like in one of my habit programs, I have a picture of some kids saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and they're probably kindergartners, and there's a little boy up front, you can see very clearly with his hand on his heart, and I said, do you think this kid even knows what the word allegiance means? And he's five years old. Mm. This kid is being indoctrinated. He's being indoctrinated into a belief system that most likely he will carry for the rest of his life, and it wasn't even his. It was given to him, and that's what sure. I tell people about our childhood. Our childhoods are given to us. We cannot question because we cannot analyze, and then whatever is given to us, no matter how positive or how toxic, it's given to us, and that's what most of us become throughout our entire lifetime.
4: Whew. Wow. I know we're going to get wow. this part. You know please. what? You know, and, you know, and let, let's stay here. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, please, we're going to, in the show notes, he has an offer. It's going to be the first thing you're going to see. By, by all means, please do yourself a favor and go get his free offer. But We're going to ride the energy to this, this conversation because I can tell Jim's an active listener. I'm an active listener, and we're not going to stand in the way of what's happening right now. This is fantastic, man. Yeah. I want to go back backwards, just backwards a few seconds, Now let's sure. talk about the five-year-old kid with his hand on his heart. Now, you and I both know that the – that behavior – I'm trying to be as political here as possible, right, sure. politically correct <laughs> – that behavior sure. breeds nationalism. Like, we know this. I mean, this, yeah. is, this isn't this something we have to research. Some of this stuff is common sense, right? Public school. Yeah. It just breeds nationalism, not that there's anything wrong with pride and country, but we, through through history, if you go to college, you learn about the age of the isms, and we all know isms are just, you know, when in, actually, this is bad, period, once you, I, I was trying to find a gradation for it, but once you put your belief in any ism and, and it becomes your identity, then you 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 sit down logic and You're trapped. White people, yeah, white people become the devil. Black people become apes, right? All sorts of stuff, right? You you stop thinking logically, you know, the laws of physics no longer apply to you because you're white. Or the laws of physics don't even apply to them because they're black, right? We just say stupid stuff, you know, things like that. So I want to go back here. Five years old, I'm being indoctrinated. I'm getting ready to have that for the rest of my life how do i release that when i'm 27 yeah let's let's go
1: there for a second is you said something that's actually brain-based uh research proven is what happens is whatever we own at an identity level for the most part whatever we have as an identity um, we override our critical thinking because they come from two different parts of the brain Um, So our analytical thinking, our analytical brain is called the prefrontal cortex, it's the thinking part of the brain, but if I hold in my identity that I am a nationalist or a strong patriot, then whatever analysis that contradicts that will be ignored because it's not consistent with my identity. Mm. We see that right Mm. now in Mm. the United States. Um, sure. we, to a large degree let's just be let's just call it what it is we see it well I don't know what it's 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 a division a deep division in the United States yep. right now and what And by the way I've taught subconscious persuasion and influence for 25 years so I know how to get into people's minds mm-hmm. the, the 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 unique selling proposition make America great again that was crafted by Roger Stone, who's being under investigation right now. He also crafted that very same sentence for Ronald Reagan back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. If you used to be any of Ronald Reagan in New York City, you will see Ronald Reagan using that same, that is those exact same words. Now, the psychology behind that, I'll tie it all back to your question, is if I, let's say, I am a strong nationalist or I'm a strong patriot, which means I'm an American, don't mess with America. I pledge allegiance to the flag, I go to football games, and I have to – all these things, if I am that, and then you tell me that the country that is part of my identity is not great, what I'm going to do is fight to make it great again, especially if you're the one who can make it great again. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is I'm going to automatically align with your message, Make America Great, because it appeals to my identity and my highest value. So that's a way for everyone listening that we can be controlled through the masses and by by people as the mass is all the people have to do is associate to it's called association, associate to identity. And if I want to move a mass of people, I just associate to their identity. And then I say we're being attacked. And then what that that the same thing back in the eighties or for fifty years, nothing more than identity of the Soviets against the Americans. That's all it is. Yep. That's all it is. Because, see, we were here pledging allegiance in the United States. Those kids over in Russia were pledging whatever they were pledging. We grow up, we become adults, and then the groups hate each other, whether they're Russian or black or white or Christian or Muslim or Hindu. Why? Because they're indoctrinated and conditioned that way. Now, let me bring it back down to ground level and back to your question. So that demonstrates that wherever the listener is in their life. Wherever they are, they have money, that's their identity. No money, that's their identity. They're Christian, that's their identity. They're Jewish, that's their identity. I mean, all these things are things that we learn. Then we carry, I call them paradigms, this model of reality, we carry through our entire life. Now, for me, back to your question and you mentioned, the 27-year-old, is the first key is awareness is that, for example, your name is Antonio. Was that name given to you, or did you choose that name? Ah, given to me but you've never changed it how come
4: mm, that's a very good question well, my identity. Listening. yeah 99.999
1: yeah. percent of people listening were given their name and they've never changed it and they accepted wow. what was given to them well mm. they've accepted their entire life that was given to them by their church and their parents and their community and their culture and yeah. their country and they live it And it's like wearing eyeglasses. I'm in my 50s now, so I have to wear reading glasses. But you know what? When I'm wearing reading glasses, I never think, oh, I'm reading the computer screen or I'm taking notes through eyeglasses. They are an invisible filter. So we learn the identity as a child and we live it as an invisible filter our entire life unless people listen to things like this now and they start having awareness of, oh, my gosh, I'm in a bubble. I'm in a bubble and I'm trapped by my past. How do I get out of this? And the first step is awareness that
4: most of our past was an illusion. Wow. All right. Okay. So let, me, <laughs> let me say, yeah, yeah, man, this is like, I feel, I'm such a nerd. And this is, this is like, I don't know, my favorite vice. And I'm getting all of it, right? Just, just you yeah. know, just high, right? This is great high right now that I'm having. <laughs> just listening to you, it, it's fantastic. I am cognitive behavioral therapist. Uh, I've uh, just done it for so long that I, I, it wasn't even something I chose. I was military intelligence in the Army,
5: mm-hmm. and,
4: and I did a lot of psychological operations for the United States Army. So naturally, when I got out, I wanted to continue to mm-hmm. be able to leverage communication in the brain, right? So I kind of yeah, just drafted, sure. yeah, I kind of just sure. navigated that way. And then after that, I, I went and got my bachelor's, my master's, and I almost went to the University of Houston because I'm from small town Texas, just like you, Galveston, yeah. Texas, Galveston yep. Island, Texas. Actually, my principal office is in Galveston Island right now. I'm sitting in it right now. And I went, I almost went to the University of Houston to get my doctorate in developmental, no, cognitive developmental neuroscience That's what I was going to mm-hmm. go get it in because I'm just so in This is why I'm just enjoying your conversation right now. I'm so enamored with how the brain works because probably like you, I thought something was wrong with me. In a lot of cases it was, and I was trying to figure out what's wrong with me, right, <laughs> to fix yeah. my brain so I can go, and that's what got me into it. The reason I bring all that up is because there is something that I have found, and I, I can't wait for you to talk on it. For me, this is a tool. For you, this is a profession, Right? So you're far better at it than me because it is your profession. It's your livelihood. It's your career. It's definitely your passion. You wouldn't be so good at it. You wouldn't attract so much wealth to it if it was not. Yeah. I found out that our judgments and the fear of those judgments are equally as powerful as the story that we tell ourselves. Something about the judgments we place, like as soon as we tell that story, as soon as we tell that story, we make a judgment, right? As soon as we used to yep. do that, we make a judgment right after it. And then we even fear the opposite or the criticism, as Thinking Grow Rich would say, of that judgment. And you brought it to my mind when you were talking about the make America great again. I never heard nobody say it as eloquently as you did, that I'm going to make America great again, Then, if you're going to say it's not. I would love for you to explain to us how fear and how our judgments, either or, or both hands, are driving so much of our subconscious activity.
1: Okay, yeah, great, 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 great question. Let's go there. All right. Let's, um, so we talk about judgments and fear. Let me take these apart. Number one, for the most part, fear is a reptilian brain, which is the oldest part of the brain. It's reptilian brain function. Fear is generally related to fight or flight, which is survival. So I'm going to hop around here a little bit and tie it all together.
4: First Take off, your time, man. It's your podcast.
1: Okay, perfect. First off, judgments. Um, we actually judge people, and the reason why, it is a survival mechanism. It's believed to confer, confer ego, advan- uh, ego advantage, that, you know what, if I judge myself as better than someone else, that gives me power and power is a survival mechanism so that's one of the reasons that we judge okay next the two biggest fears that most people live in and i do not live in these fears anymore and i used to and i remember somebody in my podcast gave me a negative review because i mean this literally but respectfully and humbly i don't care who likes me or doesn't like me because i have freed myself from that
4: good stuff congratulations man congratulations
1: yeah I, I, I don't care if somebody likes me or don't like me, because guess what? There will be plenty of people that will like me and plenty of people that are not going to like me. So I can't make everyone like me. So our two biggest fears are the fear of am I going to be abandoned, which means are people going to reject me, which is why people will not prospect and will not lead generate. Why? Because if I'm going to grow wow. my business and I lead generate, people are going to reject me. No, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting some intrusion or something else, but it's not you personally because they don't know you. So the first fear is I'm going to be rejected. Second fear, and by the way, I don't care. I can go live on an island at this point. I don't care. Reject, you know, people can reject all day long because that's what they do, which we're gonna go there. The other fear is the fear of inadequacy. Am I good enough? So those wow. are the two biggest fears. So where I work from with the inadequacy fear, I changed I changed both of these literally in a heartbeat. Um, when my mentor of 25 years, who's still my mentor, one time he looked at me, and it was just the right moment, the right time, the right night, um, my sister's husband. We were just talking, and the way he said what he said to me shifted me internally. He said, whether people like you or not, who cares? And when he said <laughs> it, for some reason it registered. It registered, and I'm like, I've and I've lived this way since the, like, 2003 or 4 when he said that. It's like, that makes perfect sense. Who cares? Secondly, the fear of inadequacy. I read something one time, and it shifted everything. It said, stop asking how good you are and start asking what the world needs. So mm-hmm. when we're inadequate, we have to compare ourselves to someone else. Otherwise, there would be no inadequacy, nothing to compare it to. So I stopped comparing many years ago, and I just said, you know what? How can I do what I do as well as what I can do it in the moment, and just leave it at that. So here's wow. what will help a lot of people. One of my clients, he's a young guy, he's 37, started this company four years ago. Uh, this company makes 100 million a year now, and I've been coaching him for, mentoring him for probably 10 years, and coaching him for several. And he was, he's, he's taken a back seat purposely. He's kind of like on easy street right now and he used to be massive on YouTube He had like a hundred million YouTube video views and he called me one day and he goes I'm so sick of people hating on me and judging me this is what I said to him this is powerful when people get this it'll change their life humans are meaning making machines that's what they do they judge it is a survival mechanism and to prove that every one of you listening how many of you in the last week have judged Donald Trump or Barack Obama or your mayor or your governor mm. or B- Matt Damon's last movie or Cher's last album or Beyonce's last album or Kanye West or anything else? Every one of <laughs> you listen, you've judged something. Or – I'm going to say this for a fact – the idiot driving down the road with the mattress halfway times to the top of the car that's going to fly up and hurt somebody.
3: Or the person <laughs> that
1: passes you too fast in the Maserati. Or the person going too slow in the lane. How many of you have judged? That's what humans do. We judge. It's it's a survival mechanism. So that being said, whoever you are, people will judge you. Then what people do is they get in the fear of being abandoned or not being good enough, and then they hide. So guess what? I'm not gonna go out and help the world because if I do, people are gonna judge me. I'm not gonna shoot a video because if I do, people are gonna judge me. I'm not gonna go to an event because if I do, people are going to judge me. So. We can either live in the fear or we can live in the service of how many people can I help in the world. So this is why people get into that. Oh, so I told this person that no matter what you do, no matter what you do, which I just demonstrated with all those people, no matter what you do, people will judge you. So why not do what you love to do? Because even if you do what you love to do, people are still going to judge you. We know that's true, right?
4: Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Well, you know why hide? Why hide from people? Yeah. So you know what? It it makes me want to throw you this. This, you know. Okay. I am. I used to be an extremely religious man, but and my the church. So I got adopted. I was homeless from six to fourteen. I got um, adopted by someone who was super church, and this church was a cult. Okay, let me just tell you. Yeah, how I get Straight guess. up, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. This this church was very, very bad thinking, and I, of course, I took all that to the army and et cetera. Today, I am a. I'm not. I wouldn't say spiritual. I wouldn't say religious. I am a free thinker that hmm. thinks religion and has a really good place in the world, and those who use it poorly, I allow them to be the master creators that they are. That's them. Right? So I love anyone who is of any religion, right? And I I had a crisis when I became a millionaire. A freaking Uh crisis. Let me tell you. Life was perfectly fine when I was poor. I cannot stress this enough. And the same thing you said earlier with poor, I mean lack of resources, okay? But I yeah, also sure had a poor mindset, right? I always had a poor mindset for sure. I was just fine with God denying me things, and just fine with the fact that I didn't have to take responsibility for my life. There was something outside of me controlling things. And then, boom, it happened. I break out this mold. I start making money. I, you know, I got surrounded by a bunch of people, and I have this major crisis because I don't know where I stand in prayer anymore. Uh, This is weird because this one, my prayer, so when my prayer life got messed up, it messed up my whole everything. Forget identity. It messed up everything because here's what happened. I used to pray for things. Well, now my resources can do that. Right, I don't need to pray for yeah. stuff no more. My resources can handle that. One of my trade lines <laughs> can handle that, right? I need to, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. Use one of these you know, trade lines or credit cards, right? You know, I don't need to pray no more. And that really, really put me in a crazy spot. I was like, Wow, I don't need to pray. You know, who the hell am I? What? What am I doing? And it. So how I solved the problem was my prayer changed. Instead of praying for me, I start praying for other people praying for, you're right, praying for relaxation for people, and that gave me great peace when I stopped being so me-centric. I started yeah. being we are all connected-centric, right? When yeah. that happened, yep. I found balance again, but I'm yep. telling you, brother, I was almost Donald Trump, right, and anybody else, who you would say it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll pick, you know, I, I don't know. We'll exactly. pick if yeah. you don't, if you don't like yeah. Obama, then I was almost Obama too, right? You know, just like exactly. yeah. everybody. Yeah. Yep. Literally, I really was because I was a butthole that made a lot of money. I was not a good person. It was 2012 that really. My team loves me now. Even when I'm a lion, I said we got to do this. They know that's just the goal I'm talking about, not them, right? And not not, not yeah. towards them. And, man, I would love for you to process why I had such – because I don't know why. I just know I got out of it. Why did I have such a hard time when my resources allowed me not to have to pray no more, but I still wanted to hold on to prayer because I think it's a beautiful, beautiful thing, right? It actually – you know, it's a beautiful thing. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Wait, 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 wait. wait. So let me yeah, this What happened going. there? And yeah, go ahead.
1: Timing. Okay. If you go back and you listen to what you said, you listen to your words, as if you didn't know you, your answer's in there. You exactly said, you said your exact words, I didn't know who I was anymore. Exactly what you said, which means you had the identity of you were a prayer. That's what you did, and that's who you were, and that's who you associated with, and the people you associated with reaffirmed the identity. When that got pulled away, it's kind of like somebody turns the lights out, and you're like, whoa, who turned the lights out? Where's the light? I can't see. I'm in a dark room. Where's the light switch? Where's the light switch? I can't see. And I hear lions and tigers and snakes around me, and I don't know where I am. (laughs) That's exactly what you did. So then what you did is you actually re-figured out. All of us, you're just working from a different identity today. Seriously, it's just different identity. Wow. And you're actually separating. Well, tool, like like praying, I think praying, here's most people pray incorrectly they pray for mm-hmm. something the way that I use prayer which I think uh, we should have reverence for but the way that I use prayer is to give thanks for already having something not for oh my gosh I don't have what I want because when you pray and you say I don't have what I want you tell the universe you don't have it the universe mirrors that back when you pray mm-hmm. and you say thank you for the food or the the, the million dollars or the Mercedes or thank you for it as if it's already done you're actually telling the universe thank you for delivering this even if it hasn't shown up yet so for you yeah go back and listen your exact words were is I didn't know who I was <laughs> that is identity yeah. that got shipped. that's why yeah. you got lost
4: yeah no you're absolutely right and I think about it now that I process that information because I had I've got the money and now is money my identity right Is this is what i can do and that I, I didn't want that N- nothing there's nothing wrong with my money's just a tool you know this i'm i'm speaking absolutely to the choir it's here. A tool. yeah a yeah sure. yeah it's yeah. just a tool it has no value unless you're using it anyway Correct. right yeah yeah exactly man this this is fantastic brother this this is fantastic yeah. i am listening to you and and of course if anyone with with our awareness and, and let me just say to the audience uh, and be as kind as possible. You don't get in life your intelligence. You get in life your awareness. It's it's really true, right? You can be highly intellectual, but have a low level of awareness, and you're going to get back. Like like Jim said, the, mirror, the universe is going to mirror that awareness back to you, not your book knowledge, but your heart knowledge, so to speak, just for a catchy phrase people could put on Twitter. And, and a great example of that is What's his name? Uh, The boxer Mayweather. Oh, my God. He's such a polarizing figure there, right? He is not a highly intellectual man whatsoever, but he makes far more money than me and Jim, and we're doing well combined, (laughs) right, in a night. (laughs) Like this guy can do this in a night, in a, what, three-minute round, 12. So in 48 minutes, this guy can do this. It's amazing. What would you say to our audience? when it comes to having a state of awareness actually let me just say let me rephrase that question for a better answer how strong is self-awareness in all the processes that you have been talking about on this episode great question no one's asked that
1: question and i never know where a podcast interview is going to go until i talk to the the host and i I feel them (laughs) out where and i see where they're coming from and who they are. They show me who they are very, very quickly. So I can I can go way deep with a couple of final comments here.
4: All right. Sure.
1: So let's talk about awareness, for example. Most people live their entire lives, they're born, they die, they live their entire life like a hamster. And I mean most, and I do not mean that disrespectfully. Um, my generation used to be you go to school, you get good grades, you go to college, you get a good job, you work at a company for 40 years, you get to go watch, you retire, you play golf, you take the bucket. That was the <laughs> paradigm, you know, years back. This is what I tell people is and this is hard for a lot of people to get their mind around, but it is the truth. So you might have heard before is and I'm gonna go further than you think here. You might have that heard more, time, okay, well based upon what you said earlier, you might have heard before that we're not human beings. We are spiritual beings having a human experience.
4: Yes. You probably heard
1: that, right? Okay. Let's go let's go deeper. Is I t- and see, we talked about religion earlier. Well, what a lot of people do, religion, the definition is anything that people believe in strongly. I mean, it could be a, a cell phone, could be a religion. Um, I watched something on Netflix last night called Wild Wild Country, and it was on Rajneesh Oh God, o Show. So amazing. That is so, so amazing. Yes, I'm on episode four. Keep going. Oh, yeah, you're watching it too. Okay, okay. So this yeah. Is, this is, yeah, okay, good. Yes, I was watching that last night. That's a religion. Now, they say it's spirituality, but anything that people believe deeply is a religion. So then what a lot of people do is they say, well, you know, I'm not organized religion, but I am spiritual. But then they make a religion out of that. What I tell people (laughs) is this, and I even have it on my podcast, an episode, is that we are cosmic beings who are having both a spiritual and human experience. What I mean by that is let's go to Christianity. When you leave the body, you're going to go somewhere. Christians call it heaven. However, there this is a fact of physics. When you leave the body, you are going to go somewhere. So that also means before you came into the body, you were somewhere. When you oh, right. incarnated, you came from somewhere. When you leave, you go somewhere. We are cosmic beings. So where I operate from is uh, the highest level of awareness. Like well, there's more, but this is where I operate from is that if i am a cosmic being which i am then i've got two roles on this planet my role is to evolve and grow myself and my other role is through that involvement and growth to serve as many people as i possibly can on this planet as they are also evolving and growing so that's the awareness that i work from i don't work from all this little bitty human nonsense that oh they don't like me and they like me and, oh my gosh i'm famous or i'm not famous or i have my i don't get into all that nonsense anymore because it's head noise and it's generally garbage head noise i just work from how can i evolve as much as i can and how can i serve as much as i can beyond good that stuff. it's out
4: of my hands beautiful man good stuff man you have Buddy, I tell you what, man, I've only extended this to one other person. You have a regular – anytime you want to come back, anytime you're selling something, you are more than welcome, man. You you are you're, – you're fun. You're, you're quite – our energy is vibrating at the same place, and I really appreciate it. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, I really
1: we're Watching the same thing, Wild World Country of Rajneesh. I
4: mean, one of the that's if that's not a, a science in the universe, then what is right? Man, right, I'm literally, it's so it was. Oh, my yeah, y'all have to go watch that. Well, you know what? Probably don't, but it is by the so way. Fantastic. I'm on episode four. Your episode, I'm on episode four. Yeah, I'm on, I'm episode, on episode four. That's crazy. <laughs> that's yeah, I'm on that man. Yeah, man, we were supposed to be connected, man, and I'm really, really grateful for that. I, I want to say a few things, and I'm going to let sure. you have some final words. So it could be sure. transformational, educational, or informational. It's up to you. But, ladies and gentlemen, on the, I'm, as soon as this is done, I am going – this podcast is going to be up today. Because before we jumped on this episode, the other one you did last week, Matt, I'm an entrepreneur. I never know what day it is. The one you did a couple of days yep. ago it just went up before we just did this. So, ladies and gentlemen, Season 5, episode 14 on the Secrets of Success podcast, it is up right now. Please go listen. He He's rocking that episode out with Deanna and Grace, who are my in-house publicists and, and just all sorts of stuff for me. And you're hear me at the very tail end because I sneak on because I was so busy that day. And sure. something universal told me, hey, let's get him back again. And I'm so glad I did because this was actually more fun for me than it probably was. For you. I mean, it's just, just amazing. Nice, loved it. So yeah, so season five, episode 15, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to be him. But this time in the show notes, what you're going to see is you're going to see where you can get his free offer first on episode 14. But then on top of that, you're going to see his podcast link on episode 15 first. So you're going to see his podcast link. I want all of, my, all of you hundreds of thousands of crazy listeners do me a favor show notes first line is his podcast link okay i'm just putting the itunes ones there you can find the other ones right just putting the itunes one's there and if i can find any uh any other pop it i'll put that there too but first link is his podcast link and then after that you'll see his free offer again on his website but i just wanted to inform you all of that i want you i'm asking you as your leader not am just joking. i'm asking you uh, to go and subscribe to his podcast do him a favor rate it as well be listeners because abundance is meant to be shared he agrees with that yep. i agree yep. with that and so share my abundance with him and then all of you go out there and i don't know buy somebody some coffee at starbucks and share that abundance too and we we'll start a cycle of duplication that rages the collective consciousness of this world. Jim, I have nothing else to say after that, buddy. I'm so grateful for you. Let's uh, let me. I'm gonna talk to you once we stop the recording yeah. after that, just for a few seconds. But, buddy, floor is yours. Have your own way. Take your own time. Whatever you want to do.
1: Yeah. No, I just want to share. I'm doing a three part training. There's no charge starting next week. Um, We're doing a live training on Wednesday, one on Friday, and then one on the following Monday. It's called the Be, Do, Have series, Transform Your Life from the Inside Out. Um, It's me training live. Um, The domain is Jim Fortin, my name, jimfortin.com. Actually, no, you put the link you have. I don't want to tell him what it is. You put your link, okay? So Tony will have a link um, for that training. He has a special link that has his name on it. So he will have, or it's assigned to him. He will have a link that he will put to that training. The training is no charge. And I'm going to dig, um, actually, I'm going to keep it more foundational, more scientific, and I'm going to dig into one episode's going to be on your identity. We're going to dig even deeper, much deeper than today. One's going to be on uh, brain based habits. The second episode and the third one is going to be have. It's called Have. And what characteristics must you have psychologically to create the life that you want? Um, as you get, again, there's no charge. And secondly, I guess what I want to, to part with, I'm sure we'll chat for a second when we're done, is I agree with his final comment, is our planet is in a very discombobulated place right now. Uh, things are happening that are, are not so nice. Uh, we live in a country here in the U.S., and this is probably going global, but that's re- very, very divided. I tell every one of my students that the planet needs us. Humanity needs us because the more that we grow and evolve and serve, and that's what I talk about is involvement, the more we do that, the more we can serve other people on the planet because I don't have kids, but you have two kids, and I think, what you say, they're 10 and 7 now or something like yes. that. Mm-hmm. And what I look at is what world are those kids going to be living in when they're 30 years old if we don't do things differently on the planet today with the way we treat each other and the way we treat the planet that we live on. Where are those kids gonna be? So I look at where's the world going to be for the next seven generations and what can I do today to leave the planet better than I found it? So, my final comment is whatever you do, whether it's with me, continue with Antonio, or neither of us and someone else, please continue to evolve and open your awareness so that you can grow and you can live like the best experience of life you can have and you can help the most amount of people.
4: Okay that wraps me up today too ladies and gentlemen thank you antonio t smith jr you can plant better you can dominate
2: antonio breaks down the law of attraction so well that it doesn't matter whether you're a child or an adult whether you're eight years old or 80 years old antonio teaches the law of attraction in a way to where anyone can grasp the concept can gain understanding and can begin to use the law of attraction to get what it is that they desire most in life I guarantee you that you want to take a listen to Antonio's podcast Secret to Success Law of Attraction. I used to laugh at things like law of attraction
3: what you think is what you create anything related to energy you attract who you are anything of that nature I used to laugh at because I'm like that's not true and then I came across Antonio and his teachings of law of attraction and at first I rejected it because again I used to laugh at these things and the more and more I listened to Antonio's teachings the more and more things actually started making sense to me things started opening up for me and things started changing for me. The law of attraction teachings that Antonio does have absolutely changed my life from the way that I parent to the person that I am today to the way I do business to the way I live my life. I never knew how important your thoughts your emotions were and that you actually attract that you know we always say this is what I want but what are you attracting deep within you what vibration are you putting out there and it took Antonio's teachings for me to be able to understand that while in my head I'm saying this is what I want the vibration that I'm putting out is a complete opposite once he taught me that the next step was to teach me how to vibrate at what I wanted. And once I started vibrating at what I wanted, that's when I noticed just how real the law of attraction is. Antonio has taught me that thoughts plus emotion equal creation. How to vibrate at what you want. How to put yourself where you want to be to feel it to smell it to taste it to see it how to touch it put yourself there and stay there and vibrate there and it will come to you the people that you want to attract into your life vibrate there who are they how do they look what do they dress like what are their characters what you know who are they and the biggest thing that he ever taught me was how to be a better me through law of attraction I used to ask him how do I become better he was like you create who you want to be because I didn't know at the time where I wanted to be I just knew I wanted to be better and he told me exactly how to do it he said find the people who you are drawn to find those who are where you want to be and start moving like they move study them what I didn't realize was he was teaching me how to attract my future self and in the process of doing that even attract being able to associate with these people be on the same level with them be in the same atmosphere and network with them And I have actually had the opportunity to start moving in that direction because he taught me how to attract that into my life. And learning the law of attraction through Antonio has truly changed my life. It has truly changed my success. It has truly changed who I am today. And while I am not perfect in the law of attraction, staying on top of and consistently listening Antonio's teachings remind me every day to be grateful, to attract that into my life to only focus on the outcome and attract only the outcome in my life and don't get stuck in the how and the why just focus on the finish line and I'll attract the finish line into my life the law of attraction has made me a greater person
5: an hour with paid training, and I could not find a single person for two years to fit any of those 48 job positions. Hear me well. 48 job positions, $22 an hour, paid training, and I couldn't find someone, not one person, i-t-e-r zip recruiter.com slash b2b and i promise you you will be grateful that you did so again that's zip recruiter.com slash b2b it's also in the show notes